0: If you have a heart attack, where would you rather be? In a hospital or a crowded place like an airport or a casino? Some new research will surprise you. Here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Paul Chan of St. Luke's Mid-America Heart Institute in Kansas City, Missouri, and he's the co-author of a study that looked at the survival rates of heart attack victims. Dr. Chan, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you very much for having me. Now, your study had some pretty surprising results, so let's just begin with the highlights of what you found.
1: One of the things we were interested in looking at is we know a lot about cardiac arrests when patients have it outside the hospital, either in public spaces or at home, but we know very little as to what goes on in hospitals with in-hospital cardiac arrests. We also know that the American Heart Association has recommended that patients with cardiac arrests while they're in the hospital should get their shocks within two minutes. What we found was that among nearly 7,000 patients with cardiac arrests in the hospital setting, that about 30% of patients received their life-saving shocks beyond the recommended two-minute time frame. And those patients that received a delayed shock, that is, beyond two minutes, that the chances of surviving to hospital discharge was one-half those who received it promptly within two minutes.
0: Wow. And how does that compare in terms of how they're treated in a hospital as opposed to a public place?
1: The patients who are in the hospital setting are very different from patients who have cardiac arrest in the airport, for example, or at home. The majority of patients who have cardiac arrest in public spaces or at home are due primarily to heart attacks. However, in the hospital setting, patients can undergo cardiac arrests for a number of reasons that include heart attacks, but also other life-threatening illnesses, including infections, pneumonias, and oftentimes patients will have multiple problems that are serious and will necessitate that they be in the intensive care units. So it's not really an apples-to-apples comparison. They do poorly. In general, in our study, overall, about 30 to 33% of patients who had a cardiac arrest survived to hospital discharge. So irrespective of whether or not they got their shocks early or late, their chances of survival was below 50%. However, if you got shocked early, you were more likely to survive by about two times.
0: Now, I understand that you also noticed some differences among different sizes of hospitals.
1: Some of the characteristics that were associated with a delayed shock was having a cardiac arrest in a small hospital. That is a hospital with fewer than 250 beds. Having a cardiac arrest in the middle of the night when there are probably fewer doctors and personnel in the hospital to administer the shocks and having a cardiac arrest in a hospital unit, which was not monitored, meaning that the patient's heart rate was not continuously monitored for 24 hours a day.
0: So in general, what are the underlying problems here that cardiac arrest victims are not being shocked fast enough in hospitals?
1: We can speculate as to what the potential reasons are. The actual reasons are probably going to be a subject of further research. One of the things that is commonplace across hospitals in the United States is that nurses outside of the intensive care unit setting, when they come across a patient who has a cardiac arrest, cannot administer the shocks themselves. So they usually call a code and start CPR on the patient, and they continue doing CPR until a physician arrives at the bedside or a member of the code team arrives, which can mean significant delays to receiving a life-saving shock. So the question is oftentimes a question of logistics. Can nurses shock patients? Can other hospital staff shock patients when it's clear that these shocks need to be administered promptly? Do hospitals run drills for cardiac arrest, kind of what we do in schools for fire drills? Lastly, there has been suggestions that having a more frequent availability of these AEDs or the automatic external defibrillators in a hospital area, which doesn't have continuous monitoring might minimize some of the time, some of the delays in getting life-saving shocks.
0: I have to say from a consumer or patient standpoint, this is really disconcerting because, number one, consumers can't tell if their individual hospital is up to standards or doing a good job, and number two, there is no statewide or national system to force improvements. This is basically on a hospital-by-hospital basis, isn't it?
1: Well, that's a very good question. If national organizations and if Medicare, which is one of the reimbursement agencies, makes clear that this is going to be viewed as a quality metric for hospital performance, then hospitals will be compelled to make the necessary changes to ensure that quality is delivered all the time to all patients.
0: Certainly some eye-opening results. Dr. Paul Chan of St. Luke's Mid-America Heart Institute in Kansas City, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That'll do it for this edition of InfoTrack. To learn more about this or previous InfoTrack shows and guests, visit us online at talkzone.com. InfoTrack is produced by Syndication Networks Corporation. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack.